Hello and welcome back to another episode of the It's a Crime O'Clock Somewhere podcast. This is episode 64. Today, I'll be talking about the murder of Nicole Peets. My sources for today's episode are Dateline, Season 22, Episode 11, titled Secrets in Seattle, cbsnews.com, seattletimes.com, abcnews.go.com, kiro7.com, king5.com, and chillingcrimes.com. As usual, all of my sources will be linked in today's show notes. He said Nicole's gone missing. We are frantic, calling. All of our friends are calling. I think that that sort of thing happens to other people. It's the most frightening thing in the world. A young wife. She always saw the good in people. She had a way to make you smile. Missing for nine days. It's so wrong, and Nicole's somewhere where she shouldn't be. It was hard enough when they didn't know. Much worse when they did. Nicole Peets was only 32 years old at the time of her death. She was very close to her family and she was nice to everyone and loved to make people smile. After Nicole graduated from college, she started working at Bally Total Fitness. She was a great boss. She cared about how your day was. She cared about how you were feeling. She cared about your birthday. It was then that she met David Peets, who was just a few years younger than her. David was described as tall and handsome. He was also very competitive, but could sell anything to anyone. Nicole and David started dating, and they moved in together. Gail, Nicole's mom, said she could tell through her conversations with her daughter that her daughter had met the one. He was her dream man. Really? He was the man she wanted. She was so in love with him. David bought Nicole a beautiful diamond tennis bracelet that she never took off. And two years after they met, David and Nicole got married in Hawaii. David and Nicole seemed happy, but as we know, looks can be deceiving. On January 28, 2006, Nicole and David had been planning to go to a dinner party at their friend's house that evening. David called Nicole that afternoon asking what he could, what he would need to bring to the party, and he left her a message. Hey, babe, give me a call. I need to know what we're doing, if I need to stop and get food or anything for Ellen and Jason and stuff like that. So give me a call. I love you. Bye. Later that evening after work, David went to the party, but Nicole never showed up. After a few hours of waiting, David reported Nicole missing around 10 p.m. When the police arrived, David told the police that Nicole's car, keys, and purse were gone. He said that he was afraid that Nicole had relapsed. She had struggled with abdominal pain in her teen years, and due to her horrible cramps, she was left in severe pain and needed to be medicated. By age 21, Nicole had three surgeries, and the medications she had to take left her zombified. Spacey couldn't keep up with the conversation. I felt like I had lost her. She wasn't really there. Nicole checked into a local rehab center and was able to get clean. She then started working at Bally Fitness Center. After getting clean, Nicole attended AA meetings weekly. The day of her disappearance, Nicole was supposed to attend a meeting to celebrate being eight years sober. Her family said she would have never missed it. A bolo, Be on the Lookout, was put out for Nicole. She was described as being blonde, 5'3", and had a tattoo on her back. Nine days later, King County Detective Kathleen Decker was dispatched to a wooded area near the airport. The call came in from my sergeant requesting that I respond to this location regarding a woman's body. Uh, she had been found by a passerby in the, the uh, blackberry bushes. 
Nicole's nude body was found near some blackberry bushes and her arms were placed across her chest. Nicole was badly bruised on her face, thighs, knees, elbows, and pelvis. Her cause of death was ruled as asphyxia due to manual strangulation. Detective Decker had been trained in tracking and reading trails and vegetation. She could tell that Nicole's body had been there for about a week. Nicole was wearing her cross necklace when she was found, but her diamond tennis bracelet that she always wore was missing. The police immediately went to speak to David. Gail said she heard about a body being found on the news. We've been married almost four years. David agreed to be audio taped and told detectives that Nikki had struggled with chemical dependency in the past. He then revealed something disturbing. Recently, Nikki had again started taking prescription pills. Is Nikki still struggling with addiction? She wasn't, but she hurt her back right before Thanksgiving. She slipped the disc. David told the police that he was worried that Nicole had been taking medication again due to a back injury. He even showed them an empty, an empty pill bottle that he claimed had just been filled two days earlier. The police kept this in their minds, but they also looked into Nicole's last movements. When's the last time you saw it? Friday night when I got home from work. She was asleep. David said he last saw Nicole the night before while she was in bed. The police looked into Nicole's phone records and talked to witnesses. One phone call stood out to the police. On the day that she had disappeared, Saturday, Nicole or someone using Nicole's phone had called the front desk at the gym around noon. The police also checked local pawn shops for Nicole's bracelet, but didn't find it. They did, however, find her gray Jetta in Seattle's University District. Forensic searched Nicole's car. The seat had been pushed back, and Nicole and David's DNA was the only DNA found in the car. When speaking to Nicole and David's co-workers, the police learned that many people believed David had used Nicole to move up in the company. David was also described as a player. He eventually got fired for his behavior towards women. Many of them filed sexual harassment claims. It was very verbal when it came to his comments. So what looks better on Jackie today? Her legs, her butt, or her breast? I finally got the courage enough to go to the boss. After getting booted from Bally's, David moved on to a job at 24-Hour Fitness. After he was fired from Bally, David began working at 24-Hour Fitness. David often spoke about he, how he and his wife would invite other people into their relationships and have threesomes. David was at the top of the suspect list. However, the police didn't have any evidence to arrest him. Years went by. David left the fitness industry and started working at Chase Bank, and he even started to attend church. Nicole's family was 100% convinced that David had killed her. In 2010, two cold case detectives, Mike Mellis and Jake Pavlik, reopened Nicole's case. They contacted Gail and told her that they wanted to be the last ones to look at the case and solve it. The police looked back over Nicole's case file. Two items really stuck out to them. Nicole had left behind her wedding ring in the bathroom, which was photographed in 2006, and Nicole's retainer had also been found in her mouth when her body was found. The police now believe that Nicole had never left her house on that Saturday morning. In March 2012, six years after Nicole's death, David Peets was arrested and charged with second-degree murder. In 2013, David pled not guilty and went on trial. The prosecution said David was a sexist philanderer. Nicole married the defendant. She thought she had married the man of her dreams. But on January 28, 2006, that dream would turn into a nightmare. Two prosecutors would handle the case, Kristen Richardson and her fellow prosecuting attorney, Carla Carlson. They promised the jury pieces of a puzzle, pieces they hoped 
would ultimately reveal a resentful, hateful husband whose frustrations had boiled over. I think it was actually, I hate this phrase, but it truly was a crime of passion. At the core of the prosecutor's case, David was a sexist philanderer who viewed his goody-two-shoes wife as a weight around his neck. They said David was fed up with Nicole not wanting to bring other people into their relationship, so he strangled her and used her addiction as a cover. The prosecution said that David snapped on that Saturday in 2006, but didn't plan to kill Nicole, which is why he was charged with second-degree murder. Other women that had been in David's life back then testified about their affairs. And who did it involve? Uh, me and Katie and Dave. You were kissing Katie. Mm-hmm. Katie was kissing you. Mm. Yes. All three at the same time. Stories of a one-night stand. And what happened at your place? We had sex. And um, that the only time that it happened? Yes. And of a romance that started while David uh, and Nikki were I, engaged. I asked him why he was getting married. And, um, and he said that at that point, it was too late to back out of it. The prosecution also focused on Nicole's ring and retainer being found. They said it pointed to Nicole not having have left the house on Saturday. The medical examiner also found food in Nicole's system, suggesting that she was killed between 12 and 2 a.m. There was also no medication found in her system. A co-worker of David's told the police that David had the tennis bracelet all along and had tried to sell it at a pawn shop. And that phone call from Nicole had actually been placed by David at 11.48 a.m. David can be seen on the 24-hour fitness surveillance leaving the front desk area at the time. He then walks back into frame just a few moments later. David's defense said that Nicole had left her condo that morning, just as David said, and that David didn't know where she went. In this case, there are many reasonable doubts. Could anyone say with absolute certainty that she always wore her wedding ring? That she never went out in public with her retainer? The picture the defense portrayed was of a David Peets open and honest with detectives right from the start. A husband hoping the police would locate his wife. The defense said that Nicole's pill bottle that had just been filled was empty just two days later. They said that Nicole must have been selling the pills and had come into contact with someone that killed her. The jury deliberated for a day and a half and David Peets was found guilty of second degree murder and sentenced to 18 years and four months in prison. Gail spoke to David in court and said she forgives him, but to this day she still doesn't know why David killed Nicole. I've let David take my life for the last seven and a half years but I'm not going to anymore. David, I forgive you. I'm not gonna allow myself to let you rule my life anymore. I believe David killed Nicole over the lifestyle that he wanted to live. Instead of asking for a divorce, he brutally killed Nicole, who we claim to love. And for him to use her past addiction against her is disgusting. He, des he deserves a lot longer than 18 years in prison. My book recommendation for this week is The Hiker by M.J. Ford. Summary. In the wilderness, it's killed or be killed. Missing. When Gemma Klein is reported missing after setting off on a solo hike in the remote Pennines, her sister Sarah is dumbfounded. How can someone disappear without a trace? Presumed. Traveling to the isolated town where Gemma was last seen, Sarah discovers it's not the first time a young woman has vanished from the hills in mysterious circumstances. As she digs deeper, it quickly becomes apparent that neither disappearance is what, what it first seems, especially when unwelcoming locals share chilling tales about what's really lurking on the moors. Murdered. Whatever has happened to her sister, one thing is clear. This town has secrets someone would, like, would kill to keep. 
but even on the fells, nothing stays buried forever. This book is really well written, and I like that it talked about several mysteries and that they could all be connected. I also like that the book wasn't too predictable. I enjoy being able to guess what could happen next instead of knowing right away. Overall, I give this book an 8 out of 10. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. I'd love to know what you think. Please subscribe to my blog, follow me on Instagram and Twitter, buy me a coffee, leave me a 5-star rating and review. It all helps me so much, and I enjoy writing and researching these cases for you. I'll be back next week with an all-new case and book recommendation. And remember, it's crime o'clock somewhere.